Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. Morning. Yes, my name's Brooke. Good morning to our live stream and those of you that are listening on our podcast. It's awesome to have you here. I'm excited for two two reasons today. Do you want to know why? Because number one, I am preaching from my brand new Bible. Look out! Like you can do weights with this thing. It is solid. So um, this is my new Bible that I got. It's the first one I've got in about 14 years. My other one was awesome, but you know when you feel like it's just time for a a refresh, time for a change of version, a little bit of updating. So this one's cool because it has a lot more study notes in it. And it also has, I'm trying to find a page that doesn't have notes in it, also has margins. Who likes to write in their Bible? (sighs) That's one thing that I'm missing is that it's empty. So I'm endeavouring to fill that with lots of highlighting and lots of notes this year. So we're going to be reading out of that today and I'm excited. The second thing I'm excited about is that today I get the privilege of launching our Better Together Ephesians awesomeness that we're going to be doing for the next a few... Is that a mental blank? Oh, yeah, anyway. Six weeks, darling. Um, I get to launch... (laughs) Um, our Ephesians study that we are doing over the next six weeks, which I'm very excited about. Um, When I was reading Ephesians, it is one of the most highlighted, underlined, note-taking books in my Bible. It is very colourful. Do you know why? Because there are so many gems in there. It is full of little parcels of wisdom and it kind of unveils what God thinks about us and the plans he has for our future. So it is an excellent, excellent book to be studying. So I'm excited to be launching with chapter one today, which is awesome. So you may be thinking, why this series? Do you as a leadership team and does Chad just put all the books of the Bible in a hat and draw them out and think this is what we're going to (laughs) study? No, (laughs) we're a lot more intentional than that. Um, If you've been here the last couple of weeks, Chad spoke last week and we had Pastor Nick the week before, there has been a lot of talk about moving forwards in the prophetic promises that God has for Bayside. Hasn't there? Nick spoke about um, Joshua moving forwards and Chad spoke about Moses coming down from the mountain and stepping into it. And what better way to do that and to launch that but by doing it together, by reading Ephesians and looking at who we are and whose we are and stepping forwards together. It's not one, it's not the other. It's all of us together in unison as a family stepping forwards into the promises that God has for us. So I'm really excited to be unveiling that a little today and over the next couple of weeks. The practical of how this is going to look, we're going to be doing Ephesians, basically a chapter per week for the next six weeks leading up to Easter. Can anyone believe it's nearly Easter already? (laughs) Um, Another thing that we're going to do is uh, we're going to obviously be speaking about that's why I'm launching with chapter one and we're going to be reading the scripture out loud. Now reading out loud isn't something that preachers think we need to tick. It's not something we do to pad out our message. There is a purpose in reading out loud because when you're reading out loud, you're not only using your brain and your eyes, you're you're using your voice and you're hearing it with your ears. 
a psychologist, here's a little fact from you, for you, from the University of Waterloo in Canada has extensively researched the impact of reading aloud on memory and he states that people consistently remember words and themes better when they're read aloud. Now, I didn't know this. Obviously, I know reading out loud is good. It is a chore. I mean, a privilege that I get to do every night with my children. <laughs> anyway, we're just being real here. Um, and um, so I actually, last month, when I knew that I was going to be sharing a little bit on Ephesians, I um, was having some time in the bedroom in the morning. So I'd wake up, I'd open the blinds, get a breeze on me. Caleb would make me a coffee which I'm prophetically believing will happen again this week. And I would sit, it was a very, it was a very good week. I'd sit, sit in bed before the day started and the crazy of the day, and I'd read Ephesians out loud. So I'd get through a couple of chapters a day. And then um, and the next week I happened to catch up with Chad and he said, oh, how are you going with Ephesians? And I said, so good. I feel like it's really getting in here because oh, I've just been having awesome time in the morning, reading it out loud. And he said, well, yeah, that's how scripture is designed to be read. And I said, oh, I knew that. <laughs> Obviously, I know, and that's why I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, I did definitely find that it sits better when you read it out loud. So that's what we're going to be doing today. A little bit of a background on Ephesians. It's written by a guy named Paul. Everyone's heard of Paul, right? Yes. Um, he was actually imprisoned when he wrote these books. So he wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus, and this is, um, he wrote four, actually, letters. They're called the prison epistles. The other ones were Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, and, of course, Ephesians. The th main theme of Ephesians, like I said, there are lots of gems, and you could literally speak on Ephesians 1 for the next six weeks or six months. There is so much to unpack in there. But the main theme is unity within the church and the goodness of God and unveiling the plans and the goodness and the gifts that God has for us, which is very good. Another reason a lot of scholars like Ephesians and normal people like myself is because it's not actually a letter like so many of other Paul's letters. He writes them to tell a church off or to say, hey, you're out of line, get back in line. And so there's a bit of a chastening going on. Ephesians is full of encouragement. It's full of life. He's not writing to tell people off. He's writing to say, look at what God has for you and to direct our eyes towards Jesus, which is awesome. Now, um, the scriptures on that, are, that I am reading today, I'm going to be talking a lot about son. But when I say son collectively, because that's what the word's saying, it means sons and daughters. So don't get offended. Don't get feminist on me because I'm not adding daughter to everything. It is for all of us, okay? So when he says, my son, it is for all of us. Can everyone say all of us? Yeah. Awesome. Just had to put that little disclaimer in there. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get reading. So if you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians 1. I'm going to be reading out of my new Bible, the Christian Standard Bible. It is also coming up on screen behind me. And let's just believe that the Holy Spirit will speak to you as we unveil this scripture. Are you ready? Me too. All right. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, to the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. In him, 
We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. Verse 11. In him we have also received an inheritance. Can I hear an amen for that? It's pretty good. Because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. So that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength. He exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he subjected everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. Let's just pray. Father... I thank you that today you're amongst us, you're with us, your Holy Spirit wants to speak. I pray you use my words, but most of all, you do the work. You speak to the hearts. I pray that, like Caleb said, we don't have a filter on what we're hearing or experiencing today. Let us just take a deep breath in you to relax and just to be expectant that your word is going to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, all my friends said, yeah, you guys are good at this. So out of all that scripture, like I said, you could speak for six months on that chapter. There is gold. There is absolute gold. And I want to encourage you that as we're going through this series, that was a word I was looking for before, series, (laughs) this series on Ephesians, to be reading the books as we go along. So this week, your homework will, of course, be Ephesians 1. And just ask the Holy Spirit to start speaking to you and unpacking some of the things he wants to speak to you directly about. So as I was reading it, Um, I started to see a thread, which is what I'm going to share about today, a thread of adoption, a thread of being predestined to walk with Christ. And our theme today is we are better together because we are adopted into a family together. We are better together because we have been adopted into our family together. The three scriptures I want us to focus on is verse 4, which um, will come up behind me, hopefully. For he chose us in him 
before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him for he chose us in him continue to verse 5 he predestined us to be adopted as sons through jesus christ for himself according to the good pleasure of his will and verse 11 in him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined there's that word again predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will so what i saw this week as i was looking at those scriptures and just pulling it apart is that god had a plan god had a plan for you and for me to be adopted in his family verse 4 says he predestined us before the foundation of the world so if we can take our minds back and just imagine what Genesis, you know, back in Genesis when he created the world, what the world would have been like. So this scripture is saying before God even spoke the earth into existence, you are on his mind. Before he even separated night from day, he knew who you were. Before he did the, the sea to the land, before he created all the inhabitants of the earth, this scripture is saying that God knew and he predestined you to be part of his family. He predestined you to be his friend. He predestined you to walk with him before he made all those other things. And I think sometimes as humans, we can get so limited in being able to comprehend that. Isn't that a big thought? I mean, that's a heavy, big thought. Sometimes it's hard for us to realise how vast God's thoughts are towards us. I know for me, sometimes I struggle to think of and do two things at once. So when I'm making coffee for myself and I'm spreading the Vegemite on the toast for the kids, sometimes there's a little mix-up that goes on because I can't hold it all in my morning brain. It's sometimes hard for us to grasp how vast, how good God's thoughts are for you. We can't often understand the magnitude of his plans for us. How he can hold space for every single person on the earth at once. He doesn't get confused. He doesn't go, oh, um, your name, uh, yes, you, that one, um, your mum was, oh gosh, they prayed a lot. What was their name? What was their name? He he does not think like that. He knows your face. He knows your name. He knows the plans he has for you. And he predestined you to be adopted into his family, to be adopted into his house. I don't know about you. That gets me excited. That gets me excited that he thought of me. We were chosen before the foundation of the world because God knew we were better with him. We were better in him. And we're better alongside one another in the family of God, aren't we? We're better alongside one another. There's a New Testament scholar called Susan Hyland. She notes that adoption was a very familiar topic because it was relatively common in Paul's day when he wrote Ephesians. Now, if you know anything of history at all, you know in biblical times and times gone by, it was very important for families to produce a what? Yeah, an heir, a son. Very important. The reasons being, the son then continued the family name and often they would hand the business down to the son, the family business. As well as this, 
It was kind of like an insurance policy for the parents as they got older, wasn't it? Because they didn't have Centrelink then. They didn't have money going into their account. Once elderly people couldn't work, they stopped working and they then relied on the son's family to take care of them, didn't they? Yeah, sounds like a great plan. <laughs> so it was very important. So members of the upper class, they would often use adoption to gain an heir. Number one, if they had no children, they couldn't have kids. Or number two, if their kids had died, which was very common in that um, era because of disease and illness and war. Childbirth was awful, still is awful, but it was really bad back then. Um, so the upper class would use adoption to gain an heir. Those who were adopted, they gained in social status once they became part of the new family. There were also many circumstances where children were actually adopted from other rich families. So children were used as a negotiation, used as a business deal, used as, hey, you've got three sons, how about you sell one to me? And he can be my heir. It's a lot different to what we know adoption as today. Adoption today is babies and children in orphanages or in the foster care system and people go and invite them to be part of their family generally out of the goodness of their heart. They feel a call to do that and that's what they want to do. They want to take them out of something, out of poverty, out of no family and bring them into their family to give them love and a family. Then it wasn't like that. Often it was done out of a selfish ambition because they needed an insurance policy. They needed someone to look after them when they were older. They were used, children often used as, hey, yep, sell me one of your kids. When they became part of the new family, the new children, the adopted children, they'd automatically gain their new siblings' social and political connections. The inheritance that they got as being part of this new family often made them really wealthy. So often, yes, kids were taken out of poor homes, and they were given an inheritance when they're in their new family. In return, the children honoured their new adopted parents by taking their name and being loyal to them. So that was the situation that Paul was speaking about when he's talking about adopted and predestined and God's kids. As you can imagine, depending on the age of the kids, it could be pretty traumatic and difficult to adjust in with a new family, especially when they have memory of their old family, right? It'd be crazy. And if you ever know anyone that's adopted, got a child from overseas or within Australia, or they've fostered someone, there is a huge period of transition, isn't there? Because the child's taken out from what they knew to be, know to be familiar, and they're plonked on a plane and in a new family, and both the mum and dad are going, what have we done? This kid does not sleep. We can't understand it. We don't know what to do with it. Um, but there is a period of adjustment for everyone involved when they adopt. I'm so glad that when God says he predestined us to be his sons, there is not that jarring period of adjustment where we're ripped out and chucked into his family. There is a gentle, open invitation to come into the Father's heart, to come into his house, to come under the shadow of his wings because he loves us. God never wants us to be part of our family because of selfish ambition. There's no selfishness in God's heart. There's no ulterior motive in God's heart when he says, come to me, all you who are weary. The fact is, just like we can't comprehend the thoughts that he has for us, we also can't comprehend the love 
that he has for us. It's huge. It's beyond anything we can ask or imagine. It's vast. The magnitude is so much. And because of God's great love, because this is who God is, he is love, he says, come be part of my family. This is what I've predestined for you. You've got a choice. God always gives us a choice. But I've predestined for you to be part of our family because we are better together when we're part of God's family. Amen? It's because of who he is and we were chosen to walk with him before the world because of his passionate love. And just as the adopted often steps into a family, there's often already siblings there, isn't there? Or there's siblings to come after them. And you know with siblings, there's sometimes a lot of fun, but there's sometimes a bit of grinding and not getting along and uh, conflict, could you say? I know, I know. Uh, I want to tell you about this one, one time that I was mean to one of my brothers. So I've got four brothers and they're all younger than me. So Sam, Reese, Jesse and Ethan, they're all adults now. But one time when I was in middle school, I thought I'd play a prank on Sam. You see, he had to get up at seven o'clock to walk down the end of the driveway to catch the bus to school. And I thought it would be fun to set his alarm for five so two hours earlier, it was still dark. And so I set his alarm for five. I woke up just before five, which is a miracle in itself because, you know, middle school teenager. And I put my school uniform on. I got my backpack. I got my hair up. And sure enough, his alarm goes off at five. So after a few minutes of him, oh, what the, you know, doing that to his alarm, because we never had phone alarms back then. They were very physical, about this big, connected to a cord, buttons. Anyone remember them? Yeah. Um, so after him just squabbling about for a bit, I ran in there, I opened the door, I pulled off his covers, switched on the light, and I'm like, bro, you're going to be late for school. Oh my gosh, I'm already dressed. Mum's going to be so mad if you miss the bus for school. You better get up, 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 up. Anyway, that was the only time I was ever unkind to them. Other than that, we were great. Um, <laughs> needless to say, he was not happy. We had a disagreement to work through and I'm pretty sure he went back to bed for the next two hours <laughs> and I probably was going, what have I done? What am I going to do now? <laughs> oh. Now, nowadays we're all adults and we love hanging out together and we enjoy spending time, especially at Christmas. We all like to hang out at mum and dad's house for a good couple of days of pause and slow down from the year and getting into the next year. We eat good food, we play backyard cricket, we go for walks on the beach. It's just a you know, couch naps, the whole deal of post-Christmas joy. But it's a really good time of connection and fun together. But that doesn't mean that we always get along now because we're all different people. We're all on different paths in life. We all have different opinions and that's okay. The point is because we're family, because we have a connection because we have a common denominator that we're related and that mum and dad are our parents, we work through those things. We can see past our differences because at the end of the day, I might disagree with you, I might think that you're silly, but you're still my brother and I love you. You're my sibling regardless of what I think, regardless of your opinions, regardless of any thoughts that you have because we have a family connection. The same is true with us. We're family. Did you know this is a family reunion? It is. Because if we're adopted by God, 
you're adopted by God, then we're in a family together. It's not our natural family. It's not who we were born into, but it's who God called us to be with because he called us together because he knew that we would be better together. Amen? He called us because we knew we would be better together. We get to walk besides one another in joy, in the weddings, in the babies, in the achievements, in the milestones, in the God-answering prayers. We get to walk beside one another in the sadness, in the hard times, in the grief, in the relationship breakdowns. We're called to walk beside one another in those times too. We're also called together as a family when we disagree. You might not see eye to eye on someone with some current political issues. Do you start calling them names? Only once. once. (laughs) What about if you don't like the music and it's too loud at church? (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) I want to get a bit triggery here. (laughs) What about if your brother in Christ says that you have a responsibility to be driving electric cars and to get rid of your V8. What are you going to do then? (laughs) I know. Are they still, are we still all brothers and sisters in Christ? Can we move on and see past this this despite our opinions? Yes, we're called to. Do you know why? Because it's a light to other people. It's a light to the community. It's a light to the people that haven't yet been adopted by God. We're called to move past, move on, go, oh, well, we can agree to disagree on that, but I still love you because you're my brother in Christ. I still love you because you're my sister in Christ. What a joy siblings are. (laughs) A couple of years ago when Caleb and I were on our little travel time in the van, we travelled around the East Coast and out back, and one of the best most heartwarming things was that we got to meet so many people through going to different churches. We got to visit heaps of churches on the road and there was such an offer of hospitality. There was such an offer of kindness. There was a, hey, I don't know you, we might live 2,000 kilometres away in the natural, but because we've got the same Heavenly Father, because we've got the same Heavenly, heavenly Dad, there is a connection there. There's a kindness that's offered. There's a generosity that's offered. And so many times we were invited back for meals, to stay, um, offered phone numbers, hey, come to this kids' club, meet us at the beach. And it really warmed our hearts. We're called to look after our brothers and sisters in Christ because we are better together. We're better together in community. We're better together in church. We're better together moving forwards on the prophetic promises that God has for Bayside. Amen. I'm excited to see 20 and 22 is going to be an amazing year. And I'm so excited to look back, but I'm excited to move forwards. And just in thinking about adoption, this is something that we do. There are some people here who know God and you've got a relationship with Him, but you haven't come to the full understanding of what it means to be a son. To be a son. See, I love Jesus because He's so different to every, I mean, He's awesome, He's Jesus, He's the King of the world, but He's so different to every other relationship. Every, every other religion that's around, isn't he? He offers us the biggest fatherly relationship that we can ever have. And you might know God, but you haven't got a reality of who you are in him. 
of how much he predestined you to walk with him as a son. You see, when we are a son, your identity changes, doesn't it? You're not just a friend, you're a son. Your identity changes. You see, when kids are adopted, they don't keep their same last name. They take on the name of the family. They take on the location of the family. They take on the values of the family. And there is an inheritance there. In Roman law, when the adoption was complete, it was complete indeed. The person who had been adopted had all the rights of a legitimate son in his new family and completely lost all rights in his old family. In the eyes of the law, he was a new person. So new that was he that even all debts and obligations connected with his previous family were abolished as if they had never existed. Now, I don't know about you, but that speaks to me of the Father heart of God. He doesn't just want to be a friend. He doesn't just want to be a saviour. He's that as well, but he wants to be your dad. He wants to adopt you into his family. He wants to adopt you out of the world where we didn't have hope, we didn't have freedom, we didn't have life ahead of us. He has got an abundant, whole, awesome life for you as we step into the adoption of God together because we are better together. We're better in him and we're better alongside one another. And I just want to open up for a prayer. If I can just perhaps get everyone to stand just as a physical, just give it a shake, give it a shake. Because I believe God wants to really impress upon some hearts today how much he wants you to step into your adoption in full, in full. The paperwork's been done, the sacrifice has been made, the invitation is there. The plan was for all along that you step into his family, you step into the family alongside your brothers and sisters. But you need to believe it. You need to act like a son. You need to start to unpack the inheritance that he has from heaven for you. Jesus. Father, I thank you that you're such a good God. You are such a good Father. And for those of us today that perhaps haven't stepped into the fullness of our adoption, we haven't left behind the things of this world, we want to take on your name and be in your family, in your kingdom. I pray right now you would speak to hearts today, speak to hearts this week about how much you desire and predestined for us. You chose us before the world was made to be your son. What does that mean for us, God? Help us to unpack it. Help us to start to realize what it means for our heart, for our life, for who we are, the inheritance that you have for us. And maybe there's some people here or there's some people watching and you haven't even given your heart to God yet. That's okay because the time is now. The time is now. There's no better time than the present. And all it is is basically saying, Jesus, I want to be in your family. I can see the sacrifice that you've made. I don't yet understand it all, but I can see it and I want it. Forgive my sins. Wash me clean. 
Take away my past. Give me a new life in you. Give me a fullness in you. Give me a family in you. Come under the loving arms of the Father is what God is saying. And for anyone that's here today or watching or listening, you can do that anytime. Invite Jesus in. Thank you, God. I pray that this week, and I really believe the Holy Spirit, another scripture that we didn't get to go into is in verse 13. In Him, you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance. He's incredible. He's personal. He has gifts for you. He has a plan for you. He has a house for you to live in and it's full of goodness. It's full of love. Father. Jesus. Thank you, God. Father, I thank you for our Bayside's. I thank you that you've called us together because you know that we're better together in you, that you chose us before the beginning of time. Speak to us, God. Let us learn. Let us lean in. Let us be planted in this, God. Let us fully plant ourselves in this world that you have for us, God. We love you. We thank you. Continue to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I just want to encourage, um, I can't, of the last six months, God's really been speaking to me about being planted. And to me, that speaks of being planted in who He is, in who I know that I am in Christ. I mean, that's why I've got a bit of a floral obsession at the moment, because I just feel like I'm getting a bit of J on me. God just keeps speaking to me through flowers. I don't know. <laughs> through pretty flowers about being planted, about putting my roots deep. And I believe that's a word for Bayside right now is to put your roots deep in Him. Be settled in Him. Know who He has called you to be in Him. Because when flowers are planted deep, when the roots go deep, they don't get blown over. They don't get pulled out easily. They might get a little bit wilty, a little bit bent, but at the end of the day, they perk straight up because their roots are deep. And the only way for us to get deep planted roots is to get into the Word of God, is to unveil the promises that God has for you as a son, as a daughter of the King. So bloom today. Stay planted today. Amen. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.